0: welcome to the push dose Medic podcast where we focus on core concepts for the beginner paramedic i'm your host jaron gerald welcome back guys to another episode of the push dose Medic podcast i'm your host jaron before we get started today guys, I want to send a huge thanks to everybody that's working on the front lines of healthcare and that's taking care of everybody that's suffering from this horrible pandemic we're dealing with um as you know, COVID-19. It's not just the healthcare workers we have to say thanks to. It's our truck drivers, it's our store clerks that are keeping the shelves stocked, it's our scientists, it's it's really everybody. So Get out there and support small business, but also keep your social distance, stay away from people, and as always, wash your hands. It's always most important. If you tuned in last week, you know we went over DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis, and that was a two-part series because there's another condition that's very similar to DKA that we're going to discuss today, and that's HHNS. There's a few different variations on how it's uh, pronounced, like HHNS or HHS mainly the new term HHNS, which stands for hyperosmolar hyperglycemic non-ketoic syndrome. Now HHNS and DKA, they both manifest from hyperglycemia or manifest from a disease process that includes hyperglycemia. Now let's flash back to the other week and remember that DKA, it happens mainly in our type 1 diabetics and it includes the presence of ketones and acidosis due to the fatty acid breakdown, and this is caused by no insulin. And these sugars are usually over 300, but they're usually less than 600. And it's also important to remember that DKA includes ketogenesis, the presence of acid and ketones. Now in HHNS, we differ as these patients are mainly our type 2 diabetics, and this usually isn't a sudden onset like DKA in our type 1 diabetics, this can take a few days and also up to weeks. And this is usually precipitated by some kind of infection or high stress event within the body. And some examples of that are sepsis, heart attack, MIs, strokes, or any kind of major traumatic injury. So your body's in this high stress environment, this high stress event has happened, and there's just enough insulin to prevent that ketoacidosis, that fatty acid breakdown, but there's not enough to maintain the control of glucose, and we end up having excessive glucose within our system. Now, like I've said, the main difference between these two syndromes is the absence of ketones and acidosis in HHNS. That's why it's non-ketoic syndrome. So the body has just enough insulin to provide energy, but there's still that excess of glucose. And it's important to mention that in HHNS, the body's resistance to, to this insulin. Remember, the insulin brings the glucose into the cell, but in this case, the insulin just isn't being efficient in doing its job. Now, what you're going to see with the signs and symptoms of a patient with HHNS is that they don't differ too far for somebody with DKA. You're going to have the same symptoms like fatigue, polyuria, polydipsia, and in the later stages, that altered mental status. Now, one sign or symptom that you won't see is the symptoms that are precipitated by the acidosis or the ketones. So you're not going to have those irregular respirations or that fruity breath, and you'll have an absence of that metabolic acidosis. So there is no reason to have those fast irregular respirations to blow off extra CO2 because it's not present in the body with HHNS. Now if we take a step back... And we mentioned polyuria. Now, this is going to be really excessive in our HHNS patients, and this is due to the excessive glucose and electrolytes. We still have that osmotic diuresis; It's just on a different scale. And now we couple that with the hyperosmolarity of the blood. So excessive amounts of glucose, excessive amounts of electrolytes being dumped into the urine. The kidneys can't handle it. They're not going to reabsorb it. So they dump it. So in turn, these patients are going to be extremely dehydrated, almost to the point where cardiac function may suffer. So what is HHNS and how is it any different from DKA? Well, HHNS is really easy to understand because you just need to break down the name. It says what it is in the name. So first, hyperosmolarity. This is due to the overconcentration of that excess glucose and electrolytes within the blood. And this happens because there's an excess amount of glucose. Now like salt, wherever glucose is, water likes to follow. And this really is our body of just maintaining homeostasis in every little aspect. But as water follows glucose into the blood, it leaves our cells dehydrated. This is our first step of that hyperosmolarity. Next, we have to think about when we go down the line in the bloodstream, when we start to think about kidney filtration and reabsorption. Well, the kidneys are not able to reabsorb all this. So the little that's dumped within the urine, the water follows. And that leaves us dehydrated intervascularly and intercellularly. So uh, rehydration with these patients are going to be extremely important. And like I said, further down the line, this dehydration, you may see the cardiac function suffer. Next is hyperglycemia. Now, this isn't a normal hyperglycemia. This is an excessively high concentration of glucose. I say it like that because these numbers are off the charts. They're usually above 600. They maintain around 8 to 1,000, and I've personally seen one that's up to 1,200. Now, this patient was very comatose, very bad off. Uh, He ended up doing fine, but I'm sure these numbers can get way higher than 1,200. That's just what I've personally seen. So when you see these hyperglycemic numbers that are from 600 and above or maintaining around 800 to 1,000, you have a high suspicion that this patient is probably in HHNS if you couple that along with your signs and symptoms. So we have hyperosmolarity, hyperglycemia. Next is non-ketonic. And what does this mean? This just means the lack of ketones within the body. Like we stated before, we have just enough insulin within the body that we can counteract ketogenesis, so this isn't an issue. And this is our main difference between HHNS and DKA. Now let's do a quick overview of the main differences between DKA and HHNS. Remember, DKA is our type 1, HHNS is our type 2. And DKA usually have sugars from 300 to 600, somewhere around there. With HHNS, we have extremely high blood sugar, so 800, 1,000, even more sometimes. And our main difference is we don't have the presence of ketones. So you won't see that small breathing. They won't be in metabolic acidosis due to ketones. Now, treatment-wise with these patients, it's going to be very similar to our DKA patients. Remember, our number one goal in HHNS is rehydration. These patients are going to be much more dehydrated than your DKA patient, so we want to get normal saline or lactated ringers on board as soon as possible. So due to that hyperosmolarity, once we rehydrate the body, that will actually help lower the glucose. Now along with DKA, we'll be using normal saline or those lactated ringers And eventually, a hypotonic solution along with a D5 solution. Remember, the hypotonic solution helps bring that fluid back into the cell, rehydrate it. And our 5% solution is to maintain that controlled drop of glucose when we get around that 300 to 50 mark. So we don't cause a huge fluid shift and cause cerebral edema, which is bad. And once again, one of our other treatments is gonna be insulin. And this is gonna play that key role in lowering the glucose. Now, we do have insulin in the body. So these patients don't need a lot of it, but they still do need insulin to help bring that glucose into the cell and use what we can. And finally, electrolyte replacement. Now since these patients have been holding on to a lot of solute, they may not need aggressive electrolyte treatment, but due to the excessive polyuria, we may have issues with electrolyte imbalances, and especially potassium, we want to monitor that and always we don't want to be giving that potassium or that sorry that insulin before we get that potassium number back from the lab. As you can see, the treatments for HHNS are very similar to DKA. We don't have to worry about the acidosis effect, so giving insulin usually helps reverse that acidosis. Here, we're just worrying about the osmolarity, and giving fluids and rehydrating our patients is going to fix that. So you can see our treatment realms are the same. There's very subtle differences in these two disease processes, but they're both important to know. So I hope you learned something about HHNS and DKA in this two-part series. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening and for the support. Please subscribe on iTunes or any other podcast platform that you listen to. Visit me on Twitter at PushDoseMedic. You can visit the website for information, stickers, clothing at www.PushDoseMedic.com. And if you have any suggestions on further episodes or you just want to talk and clear things up, please don't hesitate. Feel free to reach out to me. I want to thank you guys again for everything you're doing in healthcare in this crisis. And thank you for the support through the podcast. Hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you later.